1: What's going on, everybody? Patrick Bear here, and we are back again. It is Microsoft time, and I am being joined by Eric. Hello, and Benicio Joseph, BJ.
0: <laughs> Benicio Joseph, I love it.
1: I forget what I. There was one that I called you like months ago that I was like, "This is what I'm calling you from now on," and I promptly forgot it.
0: <laughs> you, you need to write it down. You need a little like a, like nickname notebook or a notepad or something. Yeah, just get a
1: little post-it notes and stick them to my my monitors for recording days. (laughs) Well, we are back, and we are going to talk about a film that came out a little while ago. We've just been waiting for... uh, Eric and I saw it. expeditiously. Yes. Yes. We were ready to go. (laughs) I was very tempted to buy one of the souvenir popcorn buckets at the theater. In uh, the shape of uh, one of the main stars of this film. And uh, I held off because one, it's already expensive to go to see a movie in the theater. Like, yeah. me by myself, one ticket. And I think it would, I went and saw like a late show. I want to say I saw a 9 or 10 p.m. showing. Like, I left the theater at 1 a.m., like, it was the end of the night. And I bought, I think, popcorn and maybe a soda for myself because you know you can't go to the the theater and not get popcorn. If you do, I don't, I, I don't know who you are. Like it's reflexive habit. Even if I don't want the popcorn right there at that moment, as soon as I get inside of the theater and the smell hits me, I'm like, okay, just give it to me. Just give me the give me the popcorn. Give me lots of butter.
0: You, you know, uh, I I don't know if they still do this, but definitely. When we were growing up, they actually pumped the butter smell, it out like in the theaters in the AC. There was like, uh, like a friend of mine showed me when he worked at a theater. He's like, yeah, we actually put like the scent stuff in here, so the entire building smells like popcorn no matter where you are.
1: Girl, where's that fragrance at Bath and Body Works and the <laughs> Wallflowers? Could you imagine you walk into <laughs> somebody's house, and you're like, I, all of a sudden I want movie theater popcorn. Oh, that's my new Wallflower. <laughs>
0: like crazy
1: but yeah but like a a ticket and a popcorn and a soda it was like a 45 five (laughs) dollar outing like it's ridiculously expensive to go to the theaters so i did not buy the, the souvenir bucket no matter how much i wanted to but uh we have been putting it off because our fellow castmates had not seen this film until uh it was just released on disney plus day so for those of you uh partially wondering why this episode is a little later than normal it's partially because of that partially because of scheduling issues so we are here if you haven't guessed it by now or read the title of this episode and you just (laughs) randomly started listening to it it happens my stitcher will sometimes just go to the next episode and i will not pick it so maybe they did not see the title eric the incredulous look you had on your face (laughs) That everybody could see, because (laughs) podcasting is notoriously a visual medium. Of course. Uh, (laughs) We are here to talk about Thor 4, a.k.a. Thor Love and Thunder. So, Thor Love and Thunder is a 2022 American superhero film based on Marvel Comics featuring the character Thor, (laughs) produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. It's the sequel to Thor Ragnarok from 2017, and it is the 29th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The film is directed by Taika Waititi, who co-wrote... Remember, remember back when, when Taika started doing these movies, and we were like, how do we say his name properly? And now <laughs> it's like second nature. Now it is. Now it just rolls off the tongue.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, who co-wrote the script with Jennifer K- Katon Robinson and stars Chris Hemsworth as Thor alongside Christian Bale, Tessa Thompson, Jamie Alexander, YTT, Russell Crowe, and Natalie Portman. In the film, Thor attempts to find inner peace, but must return to action and recruit Valkyrie, Korg, and Jane Foster, who is now the mighty Thor, spoiler alert, to stop Gore, the God Butcher, from eliminating all gods. So, I mean, this is the Wikipedia uh, summary, but if you ha- have not listened to an episode of Flame On before, and you were just stumbling into this one, we are going to spoil the hell out of this movie... And I mean, luckily at this point, it has been out for quite some time and is now streaming. So you have plenty of opportunities to see this. Normally, we see a brand new Marvel film and then we are rushing in to record about it uh, days, if not hours after seeing the film. I think there was one movie that I saw literally like hours before we recorded. (laughs) And uh, and, and yeah, so we're just going to spoil the hell out of it. We're going to talk about the things we liked, things that we may not have liked. Maybe do some wild speculation for the characters or, uh, you know, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general. But that is how we do things here before winding it up with our Flame ratings. You boys ready to uh, talk some Thor Love and Thunder? Sure.
0: Yes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I was waiting for one of you to be like, no, no, end call. Leave <laughs> meeting. So one thing I want to do a little bit differently. We're going to do the same format. We're going to do. We'll start with the things that, that we enjoyed, and then we'll go into things that we we th- thought maybe could have used some improvement. But what I want to do a little bit differently is do a a continuous circle. So a lot of uh, most of the times, once we started doing this kind of method we would just like kind of do one person would give their list of things that they liked. And by the time we got to me, I was like, yes, you all have said all the great things. Here's maybe one more thing I could interject. <laughs> so this time around, we can definitely all, um, comment on each other's topics or, or points, but let's each give one. And then we'll pass the, uh, the, the talking stick, the baton, if you will, over to the next person and just keep going around until we've kind of exhausted, um, are, are good things or bad things or, or anything like that. So once we get to the wild conjecture, at that point, we can just kind of go off on a tangent if we want to. Um, I don't know if I have much wild conjecture from this film. Uh, there are a couple of things that maybe could be from the uh, uh, wild conjecture after the post credit scene. So let's do that. But let's go ahead and kick off with Eric. Give us one thing that you thought was uh, pretty awesome
3: about Thor Love and Thunder. Um, I'll start with Christian Bale. Just gore, the God butcher. Oh, like yeah. he was just amazing in that role. It's, um, uh, he definitely went into it and was like, I'm going to do it up. I'm going to be as gore E as you want me to be. Um, uh, <laughs> And, yeah, it's definitely one of the more memorable Marvel villains. Definitely not one of their throwaway, just the antithesis of the hero type thing. Uh, Yeah, this was definitely not
1: a um, same powers, just evil, pew pew battle, same powers type of villain, for sure.
0: Yeah, you definitely... You know, what's funny is, is thinking about, um, how it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because they definitely kind of touched on that whole, how, like how people feel when they become disillusioned kind of with religion and that kind of rage and betrayal. And he knocked it out of the park. Like I was, I was, I was like, I actually, I want to see so much more of him. Because like it was just one of those characters, because even Gore, God, Gore the God butcher in the comics, he's he's a sympathetic villain, and that's a thing that Marvel has always done really well is like they have to make their villains relatable, and I definitely I could see where it, it's that, it's that whole they're not technically wrong, you know mm-hmm. the yeah. moment you can say that about a Marvel villain, you're like, oh he's down, he's, he's good, top tier, like wonderful. So, yeah, I mean, I'm it's, like he's definitely not wrong in this movie.
1: It's very Killmonger. It's very Hella, It's very much like no matter how like crazy their ac- actions are, you're absolutely right. When you can say I, I, he's not technically wrong, <laughs> and I mean, for those who read the comics, the the start of the mighty or the lead into the mighty Thor came after the the God Butcher storyline. Mm -hmm. Where, um, oh my God, I can't remember who it was, but somebody whispered into Thor's ear and said something and you don't, you don't find out what it is. And it was during, I think, original sin. Um, yeah. So I think it might've been Nick Fury because it was the whole who killed the watcher and it was Nick Fury. Then Nick Fury becomes the guy that's, you know, sitting on top of the moon and watching everything, whatever. Like it was a whole long storyline. Obviously we know comics are hard to distill down into a five second synopsis. Yeah. Um, But I think it might've been Fury that, that whispered in his ear and Thor drops Mjolnir on the moon. And then Mjolnir calls to Jane. And that's what kicks off the whole, the whole, um, the mighty Thor story arc. And that line of, of Jane being Thor. And, When we come back around to the end of it, what we find out, what was whispered in Thor's ear was gore was right. (laughs) And that's what shook Thor to like so much that he, he felt he wasn't worthy at all and lost the ability to wield Mjolnir in the comics. So this is a very interesting mixture of those story arcs, which kind of were first and then second with stuff in the middle a little bit in the middle where these are almost concurrently running storylines that wrap around each other yeah very interesting one but yeah gore gore was gore was definitely a, a villain that was not your your everyday normal mcu villain for sure bj why don't you throw a positive from this film out at us
0: uh, I I appreciated the fact that this this film kind of went more into Thor's hit like his his emotional state because that was the thing I loved about Ragnarok is we got even though it was there was a lot of like there was a lot of like himbo con, like you know Thor energy in that movie this definitely continued that streak of telling more of an emotional story about where Thor was at post end uh, game. And like how he's like, like he's definitely still Thor and he's still like lighthearted, but at the same time he's, there's a lot of self contemplation that they had him go through in the movie that I really appreciated. And you definitely get a good feel for how he's different from all the other gods within various pantheons. Uh, And I would say Moon Knight did kind of did a really good job of that too, where you've got like gods from earth that are just kind of like, like we're going to stay out of things but you've got Thor that's like I'm literally just going to show up and slap stuff with my hammer so it's it's <laughs> <laughs> it's it was really good it was really good and it's and it's definitely something I'm glad they kept in the movie um because uh I don't know I just I really like I love the the fact he gives that speech and then when it was actually hard for him to leave the guardians Cause he is lonely. Like that was the thing is they just pretty much flat out said, he is a lonely person. He's super lonely. And like, and that's something they kind of showed with Bruce Banner and um, she Hulk, like every, all the originals that are still around are all kind of like, just kind of floating around and they're not, you know, they've, they've got to kind of find, find a new way to live their life. So I really appreciated the fact that they went kind of all in on, on Thor kind of, figuring out who he is as a God and as a hero. I really liked that.
1: Yeah, I, that was a, that was a through line, especially being somebody that had moved to a new city without a lot of friends, without, you know, a partner or, or somebody around, or even a roommate. Um, that I, I was not expecting that film to come for my wig so hard when they get into that feeling of loneliness and, and being scared to care or to love because you don't want to lose it. And then realizing that the only way to fully live is to know that that's a possibility, but still do it anyway, because the moments that you have, the experiences that you have, the love that you have with that person, those people that are in your life, is important. Otherwise you just come, you know, you shut down and, and you kind of cut yourself off from the world. So that's, you know, I, I definitely, I, it definitely it hit me in the fields when, uh, those, those conversations are being had for sure. Eric's like, I am bet? not going to open up about my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> what what about you Pat what was, uh, what was one of your things so uh,
1: I'm just going to outright say the mighty Thor like I came into this recording prepared I may not have rewatched the movie since the last time I saw it but I did come prepared again visual medium but you guys can enjoy this my mighty Thor toy from McDonald's with hammer swinging <laughs> 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 I so there's a mcdonald's right across the street from my house and um i was on my lunch break one day and i ran over to get food and i saw the toys like i didn't even realize that they had thor 11 thunder toys at mcdonald's because i don't keep up the the happy meal toys anymore and i saw that and i asked them what toys they had and they had the mighty thor and i was like okay no i need jane foster as thor uh, <laughs> so i never really read thor comics before and then I started around around the time I was really getting back into comics was around the time was shortly before the, um, the mighty Thor storyline started written by Jason Aaron, but with art by the incomparable Russell Dowderman. and Russell, um, who I would love to be a friend of the pod uh, at some point. I need to reach out to him and get him on, on the show. First off, adorable. Second off, so incredibly talented. Uh, if you are a comic reader, you've probably seen his art. He's been working on a lot of major storylines for the past few years, but he is so incredibly talented, and was tasked with the re- the redesign or the design for I mean, I guess redesign of the of the Thor moniker. But the the look of the Mighty Thor was a Russell Dowderman creation. A lot of times, uh, Isad Ribic has done some amazing drawings of the mighty Thor as well. So a lot of times they'll use his art to, to showcase her in articles, but the original design was by Russell and I, I really fell in love with the storyline. It was deep. It was emotional. It was a very difficult read. Um, because it does deal with a, you know, a person dealing with stage four cancer, essentially being called to duty through Mjolnir calling to her and bringing her to, um, it the blue side of the moon. That's where the side of that's that section of the moon that has oxygen where the X-Men battled in the dark Phoenix saga. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it, it brought her there. And then when she picked it up, when she became essentially an Asgardian, it stopped her cancer. So she was now stronger. She was healthy. She was, you know, this going from somebody who was dealing with the effects of chemotherapy and, and a failing body to being this powerful, strong woman again, was this like, it, it was this amazing transformation, but then she also had to deal with the fact that, and it's, this is the part of the the, the storyline that actually translated into the movie from the comic book. Every time she picked up the hammer and turned into Thor, her body, her mortal body purged any, any work the chemotherapy did to stop the cancer. So the whole thing of her, like literally that whole uh, section of her being in the hospital and being told if she turns into Thor one more time, that's it she's yeah. not coming back from from it um even to and I swear to god I I I'm glad I didn't go with anybody else cuz I would have looked like an idiot when when Mjolnir is floating in the air next to her hospital bed like that's straight from the comics like that is a part of the comics come to life and then she shows up and helps Thor you know um Mangog Eric and I had this conversation like months ago and I couldn't remember (laughs) who who the battle was at at that point. But that final um, that final person that she she helps Thor defeat was Mangog. And it was that same thing where she she came and, you know, Thor was like, I've got this. Please do not turn back into Thor. I can do this. And he was getting his ass kicked and she came and she helped, you know seal his fate uh you know mangog's fate and and save everybody and so to watch that that storyline and see a a a comic that i enjoyed so much really come to life in this way and to have some of those emotional beats and to me for me it really resonated and really hit and it's probably because of the source material and i'm able to kind of Meld a little bit of both the comic and the movie and kind of fill in some of those pieces, I guess, a little bit more. Which isn't what, if you're not a comic book reader, if you didn't read The Mighty Thor, you may not have that same feel, that same connection to the storyline. But I thought that it was great. I almost kind of wish they had held the reveal off a little bit more, but there was so much that was going on that I understand why she took her helmet off because I mean, it was like a good five issues before the reveal to anybody, to the reader, to anybody in the comics that it was even Jane. And then it was still even a little bit longer before Thor found out it was Jane.
0: Yeah, it it wasn't. And I don't think it was the, I don't think it was a mighty Thor comic. It was actually, actually, no, it might've been, I remember, I remember the scene because my jaw dropped because it was, she got knocked into a building and fell down and she dropped the hammer, and if the if she's and the thing is because she's human, if she's too far away from the hammer for too long, she reverts, and she mm-hmm. reverted in the middle of a battlefield, and yep. like Falcon was there, and everybody, and literally the entire at that the Avengers team at that time, they were all like, "What?" And then she like he he managed to get her to the hammer before anything happened, but at the same time, it was just this this moment of like, "What the fuck."
1: Um, oh that's right because i think she and falcon were a thing during that time
0: yeah she they were yeah. the, well, well she kept making out with him and he was just like why'd you do that and she's like i'm a god i can do that and she just kind of fly off so yeah they were they were getting closer but yeah. she was 100 percent like because i think she had they had showed her flying home or flying to her her hospice care and like she transformed you and you didn't see her face or like who it was All you know is that whoever was Thor was human and like dying, and then they then they showed it was Jane Foster like later on and like but it was definitely like it was months after they had started doing the Mighty Thor.
1: Yeah, and it just felt like it gave her a renewed uh, character because Jane in the first two Thor films is mostly you know an independent woman a an educated strong woman but there's always that little bit of a uh damsel in distress type of feel yeah. where it's always like a lusting after thor and to see her essentially be reinvented as the mighty thor where she's not that girl anymore yeah. like that's not who she is and she knows how how frail life is and me it's a whole different take on on the character and i loved it like i i really did enjoy jane as thor as the mighty thor in this film
0: yeah everything um,
3: about her was fantastic
0: yeah i um i what was it um yeah her interaction her honestly her interactions with everybody too was pretty fantastic and they oh, they did a valkyrie oh I, and actually what was really good is this movie that montage they did of actually showing her and thor like <gasps> dating uh-huh. and every like how it's new and how it goes and then like how they grow apart and he's off like saving things she's like you know one of the leading scientists on like Rosenbridges and all this other sciency movie stuff and it's just showing how their relationship naturally kind of... How they grew apart how they grew apart it it was it was and that was such a i don't know it it was it one it made it made them make sense because like i'm not very much especially when it comes to movies i do i'm i'm really iffy on romantic relationships in movies because they always feel forced they always follow the same formula and i actually really liked it in um ragnarok where it's just like yeah we broke up and you're like what and and but then to actually see it in this movie play out like that to me was like what i mean maybe like i said maybe it's just i have a dead heart but i i appreciated that and then the fact that both of them still harbor feelings because they're both in different places but the same place Mm-hmm. He's lonely. She's lonely, but she's lonely for the reason of she's like, there's no point in getting closer to anybody or leaning on anyone because my time's finite. Well, and to circle
1: back, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but that's exactly what we were just talking about when we were talking about his loneliness, mm-hmm. where he doesn't want to get hurt because he knows that feeling. And it's it's two sides of the same emotion just for different initial reasons but the same they're both scared of the same outcome they're both scared that they're going to lose it whether it's because she dies of cancer or if you know he's scared that she's just gonna leave again and it's it's so crazy but the i i i kind of i kind of i kind of got all fuzzy when he when they're in bed and mjolnir's on the nightstand and he whispers to it and he's like you know make sure you take care of her and like then the the um, trichetra glows and it's like oh they made they made comic book sense of why Mjolnir called out to her in her time of need oh like I like that like it was yeah. it was expositional in a way that didn't feel forced exposition yeah <laughs> as to why this is happening like in that montage it really worked and it filled in bits and pieces that we probably would never have known otherwise because that's not usually what a a comic book movie will go back and show you the pieces of that story
0: Yeah, because
1: sometimes they're not that important. But in this case, it really, it played to the reasoning of why, why Thor was acting the way that he was and then why Jane felt the way that she did with her situation as well. Eric, any thoughts on their the, the, the rom com of uh <laughs> of the two <laughs> of them?
3: Um, it just helped color the whole thing. I mean the it's really what was needed because, because um Jane was just dropped from the third movie. And yeah. since Dark World she just wasn't there and there were a couple little like Aside,
1: technically, she
3: showed up in and uh, was it
1: Endgame?
0: Yeah, technically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right before, right before Rockets stabbed her. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, yeah, but it definitely helped give more context, which was good. Um, now in the Mighty Thor comic there's nothing akin to, is there anything akin to Thor's whispering to the hammer to protect Jane? No. Or, or is Jane just worthy all on her own?
0: Uh, so in the, in the comic it's actually um, uh, Odin gets ousted as like the King of Asgard and Freya takes over as the all all mother. And she goes and gets Jane because she believes the next Thor needs to be a human. Not a god, um, so she she actually she transports Jane to the moon. So and Thor does not like her. <laughs> he's very much like who the fuck is this and who because he only goes by Odin's son after he loses the hammer. So, uh, which is
1: weird because Thor is his name.
0: <laughs> like- <laughs> so he's he, well, he's known he's known as Thor, Odin's son. But once he gives up the mantle of Thor he just goes by Odin's son, Like he doesn't even want to be called by his first name. Uh, but once Jane gets the hammer, she 100% is like, I'm the mighty for the Thor fuck off. Um, but definitely it's, it's, it's kind of a group. It's like a group sort of project where uh, Freya helped. Freya helps her get the hammer um, because Freya believes that out of everybody on the planet, that she is worthy. And I, and they really don't explain like she just happens to be worthy. Um but other than like Freya vouching for her, the hammer she just chooses her as somebody that is worthy um in the Be- comics because ultimately,
3: yes, did I think it was it was cute the way Thor did that yes, but I kind of I feel like it took a little bit away from Jane just being worthy on her own Well, but
1: I I could see where you're coming from with that, but at the same time think of think back to Odin's. Uh, enchantment of Mjolnir, essentially saying that if you're if you can lift Mjolnir, then you are worthy. So, f- for Jane to be able to lift Mjolnir, period, she has to be worthy. It doesn't yeah, exactly wasn't explain sure. how when Cap holds it in Endgame, how he doesn't get a cape and helmet, but that's a whole other. Aside for a whole other podcast to talk about,
0: <laughs> but,
1: but but yeah, it's I mean, and in the comics, it actually is the the impetus to change the inscription on Mjolnir because yeah. after uh, after Jane, then because um, uh, Mjolnir actually, I believe Mjolnir is destroyed fighting Mangog. She, uh, she throws. Mjolnir into mangog and like it plummets him into the sun and kills him and there's only a tiny bit of the uru left so eventually after many issues there's they reforge mjolnir and when it's enchanted again um i can't remember the the exact uh quote on mjolnir but it's is of if he be worthy it's if they be worthy because yeah. then it opens it up to you know
3: come on pronouns <laughs> come through, the social justice warriors are trying to make me all woke
1: now
0: crash the system
1: <laughs> crash the system <laughs> Eric what's another uh, what's another
3: positive takeaway from from Love and Thunder um, for me the visuals that they were able to create in this movie um, for me the shadow realm. Mm-hmm was just amazing Ooh. the way the whole black and white of it all yes it's just incredible um and the way the shadow monsters worked there in the shadow realm was just very cool um i also liked the look of omnipotent city oh yeah um, what all happened there eh. but the <laughs> visuals of omnipotent city was fantastic um, yeah so just to me the visuals of the movie but i mean when he flicked too hard it was lovely to see <laughs> i didn't say that was a bad thing
1: <laughs> you would have been one of zeus's handmaids uh passing out and swooning
3: of course.
1: <laughs> I love seeing the other gods there. Like yeah. that yeah. Was, was it the little bow, the little bow god.
3: That was adorable. Yeah. Um I was a little apparently- surprised they didn't um show any of the the Egyptian gods. I thought that would have been a good tie in because I feel like some of the Egyptian gods who in Moon Knight, weren't really having any avatars or anything. They're probably in Omnipotent City. And that would just would have been a good tie in, I think.
0: Yeah. um, To cross reference. I don't know if
1: they knew what was going on in Moon Knight at the time. To be honest, I think there might've been a, a, a slight kind of, Hey, this is the, the thought with God's being otherworldly beings and not actually like god's deities yeah uh, essentially being extraterrestrials and um so that might have been a reason why they didn't do more of that but it would have been it would have been fun to see you mentioned just sitting in the back
0: <laughs> i feel like nobody would like him everybody would be like everybody would be like fuck this dude <laughs> nope yeah. nobody likes khonshu
1: and well, and we get one of our our big queer moments, two of our big queer moments. Yeah, we actually, get a
0: lot of big queer moments
1: from uh, from *Omnipotent City* with Korg talking about the fact that uh, all of the the mating Korgs are males, and they hold hands over a lava pit for okay. was it like three months, six months, and then eventually a new a new baby Korg is uh, is formed in the the magma. Uh, and then Valkyrie's, uh, I guess, I, I mean, it was very it wasn't subtle, but it was subtle, you know, bisexuality appearance when yeah. she's flirting with one of the handmaids. Like, you know,
0: yeah, I I, I, I definitely appreciated that. And I, I also that was uh, when um, Gore is like making fun of her and talking to her he mentioned that she apparently did lose one of her uh, her lovers um and mentioned that one of her lovers had been killed
1: well that was the whole thing with um with her first appearance when she was talking about it, when tessa thompson was talking about it the the valkyrie that she's holding in that flashback scene with hella yeah that she had said you know i i I took that to be my girlfriend or my wife or whatever, you know, whatever it was Mm -hmm. that I was holding that had just been killed in battle. And essentially, I I don't think that was what was like the the directed intention. But I, you know, Taika took that, I guess, essential headcanon and made it canon in this film. Like he turned around and was like, okay, no, that was her partner that she was holding, you know, dying on the battlefield. Like, I mean, yeah, that's, because, you know we just we need badass bisexual pansexual Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie in this world we do oh absolutely bj what's another uh another positive takeaway from from this movie
0: um i think we've pretty much almost covered all of mine um i mean the visuals were amazing uh like i said all we've hit on all of like the the character interactions and story bits um i'm trying to think uh I mean, it's definitely. I feel like I feel like ninety percent of of what I am going to have in the second half is is just I wanted more, which is always the best. It's always the best critique to always have for a movie. So mm-hmm. I honestly i i uh, I mean, yeah, it was because it, what because the thing is, I think this movie and this will probably be my last good thing. I think this movie, while it wasn't the best MCU movie and i wouldn't call it the best thor movie but i would definitely call it something we fucking needed because a lot of the i will say a lot of the uh marvel movies and tv shows and everything for the past like 2 3 years they they keep having moments they keep having fucking moments where they're just like hey you know those feelings that you have we're just going to remind you that you have them in the most painful way possible <laughs> and i'm like so, like, not that this didn't have an emotional core, and, like, there there were definitely moments where I was Agatha Hartness just taking my pinky finger and being like, it's us kind of wipe that away for a second. <laughs> but it definitely was more fun. It's probably the most fun, because this was the last one in Phase 4, right? Or no, the last one no, in Phase 4. Black two. Panther will be.
3: Yeah, Black, Black Panther, Panther would be
0: the last one. So, oh Jesus Christ! Like I'm like I I can't watch the trailer for the second for Wakanda forever without like wanting to just lay on the floor and just like weep. So let's be clear, like I I feel like the tone of this movie was needed, and I I enjoyed it a lot more than I I honestly enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. But they definitely the tone is like my final takeaway.
1: Nice, um, another another thing I came prepared for because uh, I, I have I have a couple of, of like little things, but one of one of my other favorite things, the goats. <laughs> I do you know how many McDonald's I had to visit to get this toy? Do you know how hard it was to find this
2: thing?
1: Because <laughs> everybody Dude, loves man. the goats. I mean, Toothnasher and Grinder are comic book staples. They are um, the trusty seeds of Thor and uh, played a big part around the time of the mighty Thor. And, and a bit afterwards, I, I, I kind of fell off of, of reading Thor. I think maybe a storyline or so after um, Thor regained his title and, and hammer. But <laughs> I don't know why. Toothmasher and Tooth Grinder were such a part of the movie that made me laugh my ass off. <laughs> I'm not usually one for like stupid humor. Usually. There are times that like stupid humor, like just in the mammogram videos, most of the time will get me rolling. <laughs> stupid humor there. But there was something about them that just made my day when they were leaving new Asgard and they were just screaming and running and making the bridge. Like, I don't know what, I don't know why. I love the fact of how he was gifted them essentially as a punishment. Yeah. uh, yeah. (laughs) They were like, we need to get rid of these things. And because you helped
0: us (laughs) take
1: these as a gift, as a token of our appreciation. And and honestly, Tooth Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder. I keep forgetting Tooth Grinder. I feel like i literally before we started recording, I had to keep reminding myself, I don't know why Tooth Grinder is the one that does not stick in my head. Nasher, got it. Grinder, maybe because I don't use the app. I don't know. <laughs> but it is uh those were I were just a, a an
3: absolute highlight of the film for me. Well yeah. and um <laughs> I either heard or read in one of Taika's interviews that he wanted to include them basically to make the rest of the MCU have to deal with them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not mad about that.
0: I'm not not mad about
3: that at all.
1: Oh, God. I love it. Eric, do you have any other uh, highlights from Love and Thunder?
3: No, we've kind of gone over all the ones i had
1: okay i'm gonna do a quick run through if you guys have anything that you want to uh chime in about by all means sure um i i love the way that they introduced the necrosword because null is not a thing the symbiotes are are a sony thing and the necrosword is tied to null and the, the, the king of the symbiotes 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 and uh so the way that they introduced it i thought was really really kind of cool and it gave it its own agency outside of being this this other thing um and and it tied into that scene so well that opening scene with gore so beautifully well um i also loved infinity like i did not think for that first off that room that room mm-hmm. that leads to infinity yeah. seeing the statue of the watcher seeing the statue of the living tribunal second time we've seen the living tribunal um in a marvel film back-to-back films i believe uh multiverse of madness was the last one right yeah. and then
0: so oh, yeah. yeah so and the celestials there's a there was a ton of celestial imagery and like, two celestials at omnipotent city that were just hanging, so, yeah, out. The
1: two hanging out outside the window like mm-hmm. yeah um there was the the celestial statue, the watcher statue, the living tribunal, and then death. The fourth statue in that room was was Lady Death, mm-hmm. which was may not mean anything. I think the living tribunal will, will come into play. Lady Death probably won't, and I feel like now that Thanos isn't a focus, I feel. I mean, if they bring her in, great. But I know that like she's very closely linked to Thanos in the comics, and I would have loved to have seen her play a part in Thanos' story. If they were gonna bring her in and, and make it a part of something. Mm-hmm. But to see those statues was amazing. And then obviously the fifth statue, uh, or the fifth thing was was Infinity himself. And to see Infinity on the big screen, and I think I saw it in IMAX too. To see Infinity oh, wow. in that that pool and be so comic fucking accurate. Yeah. Was incredible. I I was gobsmacked at how great that looked on screen and just seeing infinity. Like that was, that was phenomenal. Um, and then, you know, the, the Heimdall and, and um, uh, Valhalla scene, because after the whole mighty Thor, I think it was after, I think it might've been in the day when Thor came back. I don't know if it was the epilogue to the mighty Thor or when Thor, Thor took back the title of Thor but he went to Odin and asked, like he said, cause Odin hated Jane Foster as Thor because yeah. he was like, you're, you're an imposter. You're, you're um, you should not be here in Asgard and all that. But because she fought so, so bravely and died saving Odin and the Asgardians and the world and the, the, the universe Thor went to Odin and asked for one favor. And that was to give Jane, um, another chance at life. So she goes to Valhalla and is greeted and, and given this like, you know, a warrior's welcome to Valhalla, even though she's human. And then she comes back to life and she's given another chance of life and becomes a Valkyrie. So yeah. I'm really kind of curious if, if Natalie Portman is down to do more films, I would really love to see a way for them to bring her back in. And that Valhalla scene at the end really gave me a little bit of hope that that might be a possibility so, I don't know. That that was something that I really I was like, "Okay, this is really cool. I'm I'm happy this is happening." Um there's probably some more things that I'm not remembering right now. It's been a little while since I've seen the film. Overall, I I I those were like my biggest positive takeaways from from the film. So, I th- I think that's a good uh a good coverage. Considering how much hate this film has been getting online, I think we did have a nice little conversation about some of the positives. I know yeah. we're going to get into some negatives, but <laughs> before we do that, dear listeners, we hope that you are enjoying this episode and all of the other content that we put out here on the Nerdy Show Network for Flame On. Uh, if you are enjoying our show, please make sure that you subscribe or follow us on whatever your favorite podcasting platform is. And then if so inclined, please feel free to leave us a, a review and a rating. We'd love to hear your feedback and what we're doing well and maybe some things that you'd love to hear from us either in topics or, or maybe even some interviews that we might try to do. It's been a little while since we've done some interviews. And uh, in addition to that, we have our website, flameonshow.com. On that website, you can find all of our social media links, including our Twitch channels, our YouTube, uh, Instagram, all of that stuff including links to email us individually. We love to hear from our listeners. So please feel free to send us an email, send us a message on social media, all of that good stuff. There's also a link to our Threadless shop. So if you would like to pick up some Flame On Swag, you can do so there and there is a link to our patreon if you would like to go there directly that's patreon.com forward slash flame on show you can join any one of the four levels that we have available there are great perks at all four levels and by joining up on our patreon you help support the show and keeping us doing what we're doing so make sure you go check out flame and p- uh, patreon.com forward slash
2: flame on show
1: let's take a minute and let's talk about things that maybe could have been a little bit better. Let's flip it around. We're going to start with BJ. What is uh, something that maybe you wish was a little better in love and thunder?
0: So um, while I did enjoy the tone and it was a lot of fun, it was a little bit jarring when you had God butcher, you had Gore, the God butcher, but then you clip over to everybody else. Now the tone coalesced beautifully. When all four of them were together, or mm-hmm. five of them, when all, well, actually, no, all, yeah, all five of them were together, it coalesced beautifully. The banter, like Gore literally looking at Thor and being like, You went and asked the other gods for help, did you? They didn't help, did they? Like, like that <laughs> was, because that was the moment where y- y- Gore literally is like, Why are you all uh, like against me? I'm completely right here. They're all shits, and they gotta go. Um, and it coalesced really good when he and Gore are talking in front of Eternity, and he's like, "I'm choosing love, and if you're gonna murder me, I would rather be with the person I love than fighting you." And that was, and that was like right there. That was like the whole character arc for Thor, right there, which was perfect. Um, but like, I almost wanted, I wanted more of Gore. I wanted more of Jane Foster. I definitely wanted more of Jane Foster and Valkyrie, like, palling around. Like, I would have been happy if they sacrificed a good chunk of the comedy just to have, like, buddy scenes with Jane and Valkyrie um, because I think it would definitely have given more of an impact, especially when Jane does die. Um and so yeah, so that so that's my first complaint is just I wanted more of the central things, and I've never said this about a Marvel movie. They needed to scale the comedy back just like maybe by ten percent, just so gore could kind of flow through the movie better. Yeah, um, because it's yeah. jar It's jarring. It's jarring.
1: although the one thing i will i am glad they did not scale back and this was the this this should have gone in the other section but i'll throw it in here because i do agree with you that there were points where it could have scaled back but the jealous boyfriend partner that stormbreaker was was everything
3: (laughs) no because that that is on one of my uh that's on my bad list i was like no thank you maybe if they had just done it once that would have been... Um, yeah, let's go for broke, uh, Let's just talk about uh, it. Go, uh, go uh, talk yeah, about got- Stormbreaker. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got fight afterwards. <laughs> because to me that, and it wasn't just that itself. It was it was to speak on what BJ was talking about. It was, it was, it. I think it was hard for Taika because Ragnarok, being such a fun movie and him getting so much praise for bringing such levity to Thor in and of itself. I think he felt like he had to pack just as much comedy into this movie, which to me is a much more serious storyline than what Ragnarok was. So in Ragnarok, he got to play, there was more room and breathing room for the comedy to really be there than here. And when Taika has such serious moments like on the boat when jane is first telling thor that she has cancer it's there's i felt like you needed another moment to breathe but then it instantly went inside with valkyrie and korg's head and they start the jokes start and it's just a a weird it's 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 so harsh the yeah. the feelings to write into the jokes and i felt like that happened multiple times throughout the movie where just when you're ready you're on the verge of feeling and getting in your feelings it's a sharp cut to a joke or some other thing and you're not allowed to really feel it uh for the moments um that you need to yeah,
1: yeah, I, I absolutely get where you're where you're coming from, and I know that that's been a huge uh, point of contention on the internet. And this film, this film has been getting a lot of a lot of uh, negative commentary, and which which kind of sucks for like. It, I feel like I'm that outlier, although I've seen a few more people, especially on like my my Facebook, say, "Oh, you know, well, I like the film." I mean, like, I walked out of it really, really liking this movie but i do absolutely see that point of you can if you break the tension once or or twice and tension is different than emotional weight and it was done at all the times like it wasn't just a tense moment that gets cut with a a um a joke it's those emotional beats like you were just pointing out about jane and, and thor having that conversation on the boat like that should have been a little had that
3: that moment to breathe but or or like the other big one was when uh Mm -hmm. they're in new asgard still and she reverts and she's by the sink and then all of a sudden she turns back and she breaks the sink and if it had even another moment to breathe there before valkyrie comes in and and yes it was great establishing valkyrie is trying to keep Jane's spirits up but i it was just a little bit jarring in those moments yeah but yeah. I, I i like i am more nitpicking because i want to overall this is a very good movie and but we're just going through oh absolutely
0: nitpicking. yeah
1: I will just say that I I I will wholeheartedly disagree with you on the Stormbreaker scenes. The other <laughs> stuff I could I can I can see your point of view.
0: Stormbreaker being
1: that jealous that jealous partner still just makes my day every single time it happens. <laughs> Especially that first time when uh when they're in the like the the hall at New Asgard and he's just like Mjolnir. on there. And he's just doing the little, like, just a little oh, hand and- thing, like, <laughs> trying to call it back, and then Stormbreaker just floats into the scene. I'm like, this is the most ridiculous. It's like the, it's like the goats, Stormbreaker and the goats, like it, they're on par for me <laughs> with that. But it definitely, it definitely did. It definitely, there were three different stories going on. Two were essentially just very. Solemn and heavy stories. Gore's, you know, dealing with his belief system crumbling and the loss of his daughter. Jane and her cancer and trying to essentially have that last grasp at being strong, being able-bodied, not being sick. And then Thor. Thor is where, like, the comedy comes in while he's still dealing with a, a heady emotional plotline, And because Thor and Jane sw- swirl into each other, there's so much levity that is awkwardly placed in 65% of the movie. Because in the gore scenes, because there isn't a ton of interaction with gore, up until really like towards the end, like, you know, there's a couple of battles, but it's very limited through the majority of the film. Yeah. So Gore's, Gore's plot line and story is able to maintain its tone. So to both of your points, when you then switch back to Thor or Thor and Jane, there is a lot of that, that overt comedy. And it's like, Oh, well, we need to get in those jokes. Let's get those jokes in now. And then when it's just Shane by herself, that that bathroom scene is definitely very, yeah, very heavy and very heady about you know and and, and emotional. Um, that maybe because it was was one of those first kind of breaks, it felt more tension than emotion for me because I didn't mind that break as much that that Valkyrie break. It, it felt, you know, what maybe it's because I'm a, I'm a sitcom watcher and a lot of times when there's those moments in sitcoms that's kind of that that tension break
0: yeah uh-huh.
1: because they don't really get into like those deep deep emotional beats so maybe that's why it didn't it didn't hit me the same way but you know that that's absolutely absolutely 100% valid um i <sighs> i'm trying to rack my brain a little this one's a little bit different for me because from a a things that could have been better a lot of what you've you guys have brought up already were kind of the major things that stuck out for me um i wish we had seen a little bit more of the like the jane plot getting into like what had happened before all of like the the cancer diagnosis or all those little bits um and then I, I mentioned it earlier. I'll, I'll restate it here. I, I do wish. I know we only have limited time because it's a film, but I do wish that the Jane as Thor reveal had been done a little bit later to keep a little bit of that tension. And in the, in the books, in the books, I feel like, I feel like I'm talking um, Lord of the Rings here with, <laughs> with avid readers of Tolkien. Um, in the the comic. established lore from years ago <laughs> was not followed. <laughs> in, in the comics, Thor, Thor was angry that somebody had replaced him. That a woman had replaced him. I don't know. If, I, I don't think it was really written as like that. A woman had replaced him, but just that somebody had replaced him. Somebody else was worthy, and he wasn't anymore. Yeah. Where in the scene before Jane's helmet disappears, I kind of wish that she had been able to take off the helmet rather than it just like, like digitally disappear from her head. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the, in the, in the movie, it was really played. It became a, a, a comedy jealousy thing. And I know that, that it fits the tone that Taika was going for better. Um, but I wish that there had been a little bit more drawn outness to, to that. Um, I, I, I wish there had been a little more tension rather than that
3: one fight scene. And then all of a sudden, oh, well, nope, it's your ex-girlfriend from Earth. Well, I, <laughs> I, I guess yeah. kind of the reason it was a little different here is because at this point in time, it's not that Thor wasn't worthy to wield Mjolnir. It's just that Milner was broken.
1: Well, yeah. yeah. And, oh, and and the and jealousy can... comes in from Mjolnir reformed for somebody else, yeah. not for him. No, and, yeah. and and I get that. And and them changing like that aspect of it is fine. I just wish the tension had been built out a little bit longer.
3: Yeah. Because then yeah. obviously
1: obviously Valkyrie knew it was Jane. Like that wasn't a surprise because she had been helping the people of New Asgard. So she's revealed herself to to Valkyrie at that point. So I really wish we had a little bit more of that backstory leading into that first initial fight with the Shadow Monsters, into the reveal, into Thor being jealous that Mjolnir picked Jane over him in the breakup. Something kind of like that. (laughs) But again, I know that, you know... I, I don't want us to get to the point where four hour films are
3: a uh, a standard. You know, we don't we don't need another Zack Snyder's Justice League
0: ever. Um,
3: <laughs> but I mean, we could go three. The Batman was great.
0: I mean, oh, yeah. I still haven't
1: I still <laughs> haven't watched that. I still I can't. You I better
0: can't. You, you better watch it before they cut it. They the, the next thing to get cut from whatever they're doing the HBO Max. Mm lord in heaven that's a whole other <laughs> conversation <laughs> I, w- I definitely want to have an episode talking about like just the state of streaming because it's it's a fucking there's a whole bunch of announcements coming out of places so i definitely want to do a microsode where we talk about some of the some of the changes that are about to happen
1: maybe and- maybe we'll record that as a uh, a nuggie and put it behind the good pussy
0: paywall yeah <laughs> But yeah, so my, yeah, I want to say like that. My, my complaints, that those are just my complaints. It's just if, if, if the tone had been more even and they had sacrificed a little bit of like the, the more jokey storylines for, uh, for, uh, some more development for Mighty Thor and, uh, uh Mighty Thor and, um, Gore the God Butcher. Um, also, just before we, we kind of start winding down. I just want to let y'all know they didn't specify which Thor will return when they did the Thor will return, uh, sign. FYI.
1: We're gonna have to save that for wild Speculation and
3: conjecture. (laughs) My good sir. Um, kind of, I had another, and it's, you kind of brought it up, but I wish we had gotten more gore. Um, More so, it would have been great to see, um, like when they go when Thor first goes to that planet and finds uh that huge god thing dead and uh Sif there Mm
2: -hmm. injured,
3: it would have been neat to see that scene or the ending of the fight and Gore leaving right before Thor gets there or something. Um, and I guess it is because they wanted to save the reveal of his powers and whatnot for the battle at new Asgard. But just even if at some other point, once you had already met core uh, flashbacks to seeing him fight some of these other gods, um,
1: just to yeah, color we only saw him kill, or we only saw two him kill one God and then a dead God. Yeah. For being a god butcher, we only really saw
3: two victims. Yeah, Yeah, the the only thing you get as far as volume of how many gods he's killed is just the guardians getting so many distress calls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time you really don't necessarily put that together. I mean, yes, after the fact you're like, oh okay, that's what it was, and but it doesn't totally color in the same as getting some flashes. Um, of him actually doing the slaying and killing yeah. uh, I know you had it as a positive but I didn't necessarily like seeing the second post credit scene with the Valhalla scene why not because I loved the fact that when she died she did die in the glitter sparkles and that's what says oh she died as a god she got to go to valhalla i don't need to see it right then put in front of me um i know it helps set up for future if they're gonna bring her back but
1: i, th- I think for me that was the th- you know what it, not even so much that like that uh, as a setup there was so much that was translated from the comics and there. There a lot of the the MCU films. We're at twenty nine with this one, and now like fourteen fucking TV shows at this point, and I love them all. They're all great. She Hulk, fucking fantastic. <laughs>
2: uh, we'll
1: get there eventually. Uh, that one's got a lot of episodes. We'll we'll get there
3: in a couple months. But with two ends and a Y, but not where but you is think it. You goes. Think. <laughs> Come on, Madison. I love it. Longers.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. The fact that everybody's been posting the damn um, Madison, two N's and a Y, but it's not what you think. Coming 2024 fucking <laughs> picture has been killing me. I love it. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of the shows, a lot of the, the movies take titles from the comics and are a loose adaptation of the the, the comics that they're they're named after. But they're not really the story this film and this story takes the god butcher story and i have i haven't read the god butcher story but then it also takes the mighty thor run and combines them into this film and there are so many scenes that are straight takeaways from the actual like lifted from the page of the comics and put (gasps) on the screen in live action seeing Russell Dauberman's mighty Thor costume modified just a little bit. There are some changes to make it actually practical, but it so much looks like the comic book. Um, Like, like I said earlier, the floating Mjolnir by um, Jane's bed, like that's taken straight from the comics. There's so many things that are taken directly from the comic that, that dead God in like that wide scene. And you see the body, they added Corrigan, because in the comic it's just Thor. But like there's so many things that are so that are just ripped right from the page that I think that's why I loved it. And knowing that the mighty Thor ends, you know, not the same people are in in Valhalla that are welcoming her, but that is part of the comic. I, I get the we can understand we're able to extrapolate from the glittery, the same way that Odin passed on into essentially, you know, we think Valhalla. Uh, and that could be actually how he's like, how she's granted a new life because Odin might be in Valhalla. Um, but I, I, I think I loved it because it was that end. It was like, it was a finishing up the comic book for me because that was the reason I loved. I think that's essentially the reason why I like this film so much is because I really love the mighty Thor storyline so to see it play out in film, and then essentially get to the last page of the comic and, and be able to close the book, that gave me that oomph at that point. But, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I absolutely un- I understand and get where you are coming from with that, and that it's not needed. But for me, it was appreciated. <laughs>
3: uh, I do have one last, but it may tie over into conjecture in that it's going to affect future. Uh, but I love Ted Lasso and I love Roy Kent, but I don't think he's Hercules.
0: <laughs> wow. He did because, seem a little
3: he did seem a little a little smaller than than Hercules. He was a little sexy as fuck though. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you know the comedian uh, John Gabris but he has been campaigning for years now to be hercules and i did, and he granted he would have to do some working out but to me he is stockier in the way you need somebody kind of bigger and stocky to be hercules
1: yeah he would need to he would need to put on a whole lot more muscle yeah and this is coming from a bear who loves bears, so please don't at me. This is not a body shaming thing. Um, but he is a he is a, a thicker, more Zoptic fella. And um, we all know even Camille Nanjiani went ahead and um, got himself a Marvel body and they kept Even his though he didn't on. need to,
0: yeah. <laughs> and they kept his clothes on.
1: But that motherfucker still yeah. got ripped for it. Oh yeah.
3: So I I I I don't know. I I think
0: and, I and I'm not saying
3: it. I'm not saying it has to be John Gabris. I'm just saying to me I can't think of his name now. The guy Roy Kent. I he is just a little too small to be Hercules for me. For you for me, <laughs> for para <for> me
0: <laughs>
3: multilingual podcasting. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, it was interesting. I it, it it threw me off. Like that that was you know the, the first post credit scene. Would I have, like somebody a little beefier? Yes. Do I think overall he looks the part? Yes even if, even if he's a little small do i wish it was the ultimate hercules so he would be um at least bisexual i don't mm-hmm. remember i don't know if he was bi or bi pan slash pan or or gay um but be in a relationship with uh any man including i believe wolverine yep. yes yes absolutely and considering that most of this is a, a lot of this is pulled from uh like the, the ultimate universe maybe We'll see. I guess yeah, that could and, go in wild speculation. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, my only other thing that I did not like, I did not like love at the end of the movie. <laughs> she was a goddamn brat, and I would have, I, I would
0: have,
1: <laughs> I'd have thrown her out of my little. I don't even know where. The, I don't remember where they were living. I know it was on the beach, but whatever they were living in, I would, I would have been so mad. She was a goddamn brat, but. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It, it, like, is that an original character? Is yes. she an original character? Yeah.
1: Yes. Okay. Technically, yes. Thor does have an adopted daughter in the comics. Um, different name and like different origin from it. Uh, so it, it's kind of an amalgamation in, in a sense because there is some comic inspiration to draw from for the character. But in this case, And I think she may have actually even had Stormbreaker. I, I, Right off the top of my head, it's been a while since I watched the the New Rockstars uh, video. This is how I get a lot of my backstory on things. (laughs) Listeners, if you enjoy the MCU movies and you are either a casual reader, like I am, or you don't really read comics, check out the New Rockstars videos. This is not a paid sponsorship. This is not a, a promotion, a, a, a partnership, or, or a collab. Although, if anybody from the New Rockstars is listening, please feel free to reach out to us. I would love to partner with you. Uh, I love your videos. But if you watch the, like, like everything you missed in whatever, like, they do it for, like, TV shows. So they're, they're doing them after every episode of She-Hulk. They did it after Ms. Marvel, Moon Knight, all of those. They break down the entire movie and point out all the Easter eggs, all of the different like things that the references, all of those things. And when they get to that point and they talk about love, there's essentially, it's essentially, I almost forgot the other part of it. There was another thing where infinity kind of made a new person. Like that was an embodiment of infinity and was a character. So it's a combination of Thor's adopted daughter from the comics and And this infinity being that infinity made rolled into one for the MCU because in the comics, the, 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 the being that was made had in some of a portion of infinity's powers. And it seems like that's the case with love in this movie is that she does have some of infinity's powers, which is the, the, whatever, like kind of lightning stuff that she was shooting out at Thor. And then she drew a face on Mjolnir. Meow meow, <laughs> uh, had a face drawn on. I mean, it was kind of cute. I can't be mad about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, any other last uh, wish? It had been improved, or wish it was different for for Love and Thunder. All right, let's throw it out there. Let's get some wild uh, speculation and conjecture. I mean, we've thrown some things out there. A uh, a, a by pan homo uh, hercules is uh, one of my hopes and desires and wild speculations for for the future of the mcu what do you guys think
0: um I, like i said i feel like uh i don't think we're i don't think we're done with the mighty thor uh because as we saw in the comics she does come back as a valkyrie um so she, they could bring her back as a valkyrie for secret wars um they could, she could come back because clearly they have plans for Thor. Uh, but, like I said, that little tagline at the end where they say, like, such and such will be back, such and such will return, it just said Thor will return. It didn't say if it was Thor. I think one of the previous Stingers said Thor Odin's son. Mm-hmm. Um, did it, it he, has been re-
1: he has I don't think he's been referred to. Or if he has, like it's not a it's not common. It just it's yeah. just said Thor was will referred, return. He was
0: referred to in the movie called Thor and I just couldn't remember if one of the uh stingers uh had at the end of uh at the end of one of the movies said that. But it just said Thor will return. And I do know that Mighty Thor does kind of moonlight as a new Avenger uh during the new Avengers run with um Sam Wilson, Miles Morales, Ms. Marvel, and Nova. Um, so we shall see how that shakes out. but um other than that, so there this and what, what the thing I did like about this movie is that it wasn't super lore heavy amongst mm-hmm. amongst other Marvel movies. So it was just kind of like there there isn't too much wild conjecture other than there's definitely could be consequences for uh, eternity being wished on um, add to, add to the multiverse madness and nonsense that's been going on throughout all like Loki and, uh, WandaVision and, and everything. So, uh, so I'm sure there could be consequences for that. And there's definitely consequences for, uh, Thor pissing off Zeus. Um, so other than that though, I'm, I'm, I'm iffy on which Thor is coming back cause they didn't specify. So I'm I'm not I'm I'm at least sixty percent sure right now that we have not seen the last of Jane Foster, uh, Mighty Thor. I would
3: like there to be a mini series shot like Parks and Rec, with just King Valkyrie having <laughs> to go to meetings all the time in New Asgard.
0: <laughs> that would be awesome.
3: I was just gonna say
1: I would love to see like a Valkyrie show, a Disney plus Valkyrie show, where <laughs> Jane comes back and is a Valkyrie as well, and and it's like a buddy uh, like a buddy cop comedy <laughs> type of show. So I feel like there's a I feel like there's a happy middle ground between both of those ideas where we can incorporate like like the monotony of the the nine to five ruler of Asgard office meetings and then superheroing at night type of thing like i feel like there's a way to do that and have um valkyrie and then jane as a valkyrie as well and have them in a in a show together i i that would be my my desire my my heart's wish after this film any other wild spectrum conjecture Spe- Specture and conjecture, speculation <laughs> and conjecture.
3: I'm just making shit up now, making up new words. Um, let's see here. So, what are some of Hercules's big bads in the comics? Are most of his all related to like the Greek pantheon? So is it all like him against Hades and Ares? Honestly,
0: I don't know. I I think he had a solo book for a little bit, but I don't think he's ever had like any solo stories. Ninety uh, percent of the time, he just shows up on other uh, other stories. I know he was an Avenger at one point, and he, uh but ninety percent of the time, he's just kind of like wandering around doing his own thing. Like he works as a construction worker. Like I on think Earth.
1: one of his biggest things was like Zeus sent him after Ares. Yeah. And, like, there was a whole thing with that. I, I think it might follow, like, that might be what this will end up being. So, like, where Zeus sent... Uh, sent Like, Ares may not factor into it, but he'll go after Thor and kind of be a villain. So, that might be Thor 5, where, where Hercules is the villain, but then figures out that he's not, like, that... He doesn't know the full story or doesn't have all the information, and then makes that you know dramatic face turn and becomes you know uh, a hero by the end of it, and like t- teams up with Thor to face you know the real villain of whatever you know of the film. So there there are some little things. It, it's been a little while since I, I read some some backstory on Hercules, but it 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 is very Greek god heavy. And then he's kind of a side story to Thor, Avengers, and the the those types of characters. A lot of fighting Hulk, a lot of fighting Thor, because you know when you're Hercules, you need to be able to fight people that are that strong. And with Hulk going to Sakaar for some reason, we don't know his kid. Um, His his baby mama called Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) child support
1: mm-hmm said so your son is 17 and you have not paid a damn dime <laughs> you need to come get your kid and have him live on earth with you in mexico in that little bunker uh <laughs> yeah um no so i think that's a great conversation that we've had about about thor love and thunder i think it was a very well-rounded conversation i i know bj you're the most recent one of those three of us to see the movie so knowing eric and i had had this conversation before um so it felt like rehashing some (laughs) some points but i knew i knew how we both felt about the film so it was it was good to to get your take and uh your opinions on it but before we sign off um let's go around the room and do our flame ratings eric we will start with you what would your flame rating be for love and thunder
3: this is a solid four flames for me
1: sweet bj what about you
0: I'm going to give this one three, three flames.
1: I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm a little torn and I was going to like, when I was thinking about this earlier, I was like, okay, no, this is a four. Then I was like, Hmm, do I do like 3.75? I think I'm going to stick with a four. And, and I've already kind of given my reasoning before when we were talking about it, but for me not being a Thor reader until really kind of around the time that the mighty Thor started up with uh, in the comics to see it come to life like this, not 100% faithful to the comics because you know, there's not decades upon decades of history to draw on for Thor and all that. It, it was so close to the comic in a lot of areas and seeing those panels come to life on the screen for me. When I walked out of that film I was happy and that was that's something that I don't always walk out of Marvel films I like you know I don't think there's really been a film that I haven't liked but this one I actually was emotionally happy I I was like I literally was just like oh I wanted to message the group chat and be like oh my god you guys have to see this movie I can't wait for you like to talk to you guys about it and then I started seeing all the, the hate online for it I was like oh god maybe maybe not (laughs) not from you all but just from you know like in general and i was like oh is this this, i i had a very different reaction to this film than a, a lot of other people did uh but i i think i'll stick with a a solid four flames for thor love and thunder dear listeners thank you so much for hanging out with us listening to us drone on and on about thor love and thunder if you would like to share your thoughts and opinions please feel free to go to our socials um, that you can find by going to flameonshow.com. Uh or I mean if you want to be able to just find all of this stuff in one place you go to linked t- linktR. so the link tree um, URL forward slash flame on show we have uh, everything is linked right there including uh, offshoots to other social media and our YouTube and our, our thread, the shop and all that. But flame on show.com has all that information as well, as well as our Patreon link, patreon.com forward slash flame on show. You can find all of our information on how you can join at Any of the four levels that we have and uh, yeah, help us continue to make this show that we love making for all of you listening. So with that said, thank you, Eric. Thank you, BJ. We will be back, um, actually, when you guys are listening to this, next week, because we're a week behind. train's uh, yeah. <laughs> running a little less on schedule this week, this this month. Uh, but that means you get two weeks back-to-back. Back. This is coming out on the release day of not just Fletcher's debut album, Girl of My Dreams, but Michelle Branch's new album, uh, the Trouble with Fever. So there it is. A-
0: There's the music thing. Exactly. I was waiting
1: for it. It's going to be a good Friday for me. So You all enjoy this episode while I'm enjoying some new music from two artists that I enjoy very much. But we'll be back uh, in just one week's time with our next Roundup episode and uh, we can't wait to talk more pop culture. But until next time,
0: bye, bitch. Bye. bye.